there is one thing and one thing only that's going to bring me happiness, and that is my fake Christmas tree going up. Fried chicken is almost like turkey. <laughs> what if we did that? Um, the night of winter solstice, the basically the devil kind of rose, came to power, the darkness took over. And they tie it to their big toe before they go to bed at night, and they throw it out the window. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social Discord. I think this is episode, like, 16 or something like that. Um, probably got that wrong, but that's okay. I'm your host for today's episode, Dalen Turk. I'm Kara Tebow. And I'm Curtis Medina. All right, now, I know in the last episode I said we were going to be going into a heavy hitter for this episode, but I lied to you Psych. because... That's what I do as a podcast. <laughs> um, no, we're doing another lighter episode today because we didn't want to drop a heavy hitter right around the holiday season. So today, actually, we're going to be talking about the holidays. We're going to be talking about some holiday traditions, some that we already do, some that we want to start doing, and then some other neat holiday traditions that kind of fall outside of Christmas. I didn't know if you also wanted to do like a recap on how our Thanksgiving went. Did we apply any of our um, tips and tricks? Oh no, I I wasn't I wasn't with anybody. It was just me, Shelby, and Shelby's sister Neva. It was very small. <laughs> See, uh, yeah, you know, it was actually kind of the same with me. I was with my parents, and that was it. You didn't have any. My sister, my parents. My sister didn't even come over. Oh yeah, everyone was pretty low key. Yeah, I know. It, nice. It's it's like really tough. We're still debating on what to do for Christmas, and. It, we just don't like we really just don't know what to do like it's it's so tough to decide like i know we're going to quarantine for two weeks as much as we can before we go if we decide we are gonna go um which would be driving up to kansas um but at this point it's still kind of up in the air yeah it's kind of how it is with everyone i think right now gotta love yeah sounds like it you know i keep there was a um go ahead kara I was gonna say there was there was only one comment made at my Thanksgiving, and it was something along the lines of "This Doctor Flouchy needs to stay in his lane." And I was like, "No, Flouchy. number one, it's Fauci, and number two, he did not study medicine his whole life to be told by someone on the internet that he's an idiot." It and is like, his what? lane. Yeah. I know. I was out of his lane, and I was like, "You know what? I talk about it. We're gonna just eat a turkey and talk about things that we have in common." So, totally pulled from our little episode last week because. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was helpful. So it helped. <laughs> totally did. Hopefully it helped some other people as well. Did y'all see that Dr. Fauci was actually just honored at um, some thing by Elton John um, at some wars, but basically just praising him for everything he's done for the AIDS epidemic and for COVID? Um, no. It was, yeah. It was, that was awesome. If... I'll have to look it up later, or if you're a listener, go ahead and look it up. But yeah, he basically praised um, Dr. Fauci for everything he's done for the AIDS epidemic, which makes sense. Like, I guess I didn't even think about his involvement of that, but apparently he's been a huge pioneer in fighting um, HIV and AIDS. So that's super cool to see him get that wow. recognition, um, because I feel like before COVID, I mean, he was just kind of in the background of everything. So it's really cool to yeah. see him finally getting recognition, even though we have you know people who... Uh, Tell him to stay apparently out of his lane, which is weird. I mean, like, like so many things, you, know, you, you don't notice them when everything is going right. And, you know, I mean, not to say that it was his fault that COVID happened, but but, you know, the different prevention tips and things like that, that they that they've set up, you know, have and coming up with vaccines and all that have prevented so much, um, you know, death and, and illness 
that you don't notice them when people aren't getting sick, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so it's, so it's a, it's a type of job that, that doesn't get recognized a lot. You might go your whole career and you might save, you know, millions of lives because, you know, you developed a vaccine or whatever. Um, but in a lot of times people don't, won't ever know it. For sure. So anyway, sorry, just had to check in with y'all. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, getting back to the show though. Um, yeah, Curtis, I guess you want to touch a little bit on, I guess, why we chose the structure that we chose. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was just a kind of a fun prompt, uh, that we all came up with and we haven't told each other what, what our answers are. Mm -hmm. So we actually don't have real notes in this episode because we're kind of surprising each other with this one. Um, but, but the prompts were, um, a tradition that you, that you already do, um, a tradition you're thinking about trying and a specifically non-Christian tradition you think is cool and the reason we did that is because you know it's good to kind of think of of outside of yourself you know i mean the majority of people in the u.s are christian do celebrate christmas but you know to look at um the many other religions and to see what they do you know possibly pick up something that that you would have never known otherwise Mm -hmm. if you hadn't just looked it up out of curiosity i think that's cool so we're all going to do all three of those prompts Mm -hmm. and i think it's um important to mark too that there are tradi- there are Christmas traditions that do fall outside of Christianity, um, sure. and yeah. that's something that a lot of people don't really think about. Um, but uh, yeah, Kara, anything you want to touch before we dive in? No, I'm so excited to hear what y'all came up with. Okay, and I've got my vodka cranberry ready in the spirit. Yeah, you're you're very Christmas holiday. right now, and I enjoy it very much. <laughs> In my pajamas. I'm in my pajamas. I'm sitting in my parents' closet, and because uh, I'm unemployed and <laughs> home for COVID, and uh, let's go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually, before we get going again, so we all do the three of us celebrate Christmas, right? Yeah. I know. Okay, but so, I am not religious. Yeah. So this <laughs> but I is celebrate Christmas. This is probably going to be the most controversial question that's been asked on this show so far. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Are you ready? Uh-oh. When do you? consider christmas season to start at what point in the year (laughs) (laughs) you went even more extreme than i would have went good job so october 30th really because you watched nightmare before christmas (laughs) oh yeah exactly actually this year i decorated i don't want to hear it i decorated october 1st because i was like there is one thing and one thing only that's going to bring me happiness and that is my fake christmas tree going up (laughs) I will say my my family goes. That's one thing my family's always done is we go really hard on Christmas lights. Like we, I, I swear, people call us the Griswolds. Like our family's house is crazy <laughs> with Christmas lights, and we would always start setting up. You know, like kind of after Thanksgiving. But in recent years, uh, my dad and my family started um, getting things ready about Halloween time because one, you don't have to do with as much snow. It's not quite as cold. And it's just easier to get them up and then leave them up for a month until Christmas happens. <laughs> but yep. I, I love it. For me personally, I think the Christmas season really starts after Thanksgiving, like the day after Thanksgiving. That's when it starts for me. Well, okay, so so I have I have these lights that um, are for Halloween. Um, that you just push a button and they're suddenly for Christmas. So you don't have to do anything new, (laughs) just change color or patterns. And so, so, so like literally on Halloween night, it shifted from Halloween to uh, red, white, and blue for the election. And then, (laughs) 
<laughs> and then four days later, it shifted to uh, Christmas. So officially, I guess it started this year, November, or would that have been like the 5th, I guess? Um, and I started listening to Christmas music. I think the tree was up November 15th or something like that. Um, I, I started telling everyone, I was like, we need Christmas this year, you know, mm-hmm. yep. a, cr- a crap year. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to get to the end of the year as quickly as possible. We usually <laughs> would have our tree up by now, but we just adopted a new kitten and we're a little oh, yeah. scared oh. about what he's going to do to that tree. Oh, um, no. It's a little nerve wracking. It's going to be a jungle gym for him. I know. But it would just be a matter of what condition it would be in afterward. That's so funny. I know. My dog thinks I have like little round balls on my tree. And my dog is obsessed with his ball. So he goes over and like jumps both paws in the air and swaths it. And I can like <laughs> see the tree swaying. And I'm like, don't you do it. Don't he probably sees it. the reflection of another dog. Mm, that's He's true. Like, who's, who's that cute little dog in that, yeah. in that ball? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, okay, so, so I'll go first. first. One is... Um, so yeah, first uh, one, one first? traditions that uh, you already do. So okay. I've got, I guess, two. So the first one um, is very common, very well known. And it's just, I mean, it's a secret Santa. Um, so I started this and I, we never used to do this, but we started it like four years ago, five years ago with my family. Um, just because, I mean, Christmas is expensive. Um, not a lot of us had a lot of money to go around, so I decided to do Secret Santa with everybody, and that just makes it so much more affordable, it makes it fun, it kind of takes away the gloominess of, you know, not being able to give everybody a bunch of presents, um, but that's something that I think we're a bit more scattered now, so it's a little bit more difficult having to do it over the mail for some of us. Um, and so Secret Santa is the is where you all buy one gift, but you don't know who you're buying it for, or yeah. is it, or no, or is it that you only you you do know who you're buying it for, but they don't know who they're getting it from? Yes. Yeah, so so yeah, the two things that kind of get mixed up are Secret or White Elephant and Secret Santa. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. White Elephant is where you like basically have a party of people. Everyone brings a present and they put it in the center, and then you take turns picking a present. And then you unwrap it, and then the next person picks, and they can either steal the previous person's present, or they can pick a present from the pile. And then it just goes and goes and goes until it's the last person. Um, I had a job that did that one 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 Christmas. Actually, yeah. the only job I've ever had that did a Christmas party. Uh, and uh, and and there was some definitely some bad feelings after that because <laughs> <laughs> because because there was like a couple really great presents, and there were a couple kind of you know. Mm-hmm. Not just cheaper, but less less quality presents, and uh, and so there was a lot of fighting over those couple of good things, and I I ended up getting one of the good things, and I don't think everyone appreciated that. <laughs> I I've done one white element, uh, white element, white elephant. <laughs> I've done one white elephant, and it was at a Christmas party with um, uh, when Shelby and I went back to visit one year, I think, in Montana, and it was with all of our old friends and whatnot, and my gift was a terracotta pig grill that my the gift that I gave and it was like 12 feet long and like or 12 feet 12 inches long and like 10 inches high and it was this pig made of terracotta um and the top of it was cut off and then had these little grill grates 
And so it was literally a little pig grill. And my uh, friend Chris got it. And it was like months later, he sent me a video of him like cooking pork chops on it. And I was like, Chris, no, this isn't what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, For those of you who don't know what terracotta is, it's an unglazed, typically brownish red earth earthenware used chiefly as an ornamental building material and in modeling. Yeah, so um, it's <laughs> I had never heard of it. It's Thank most <laughs> commonly referred to like the terracotta roofs. Those are like the uh, you'll see them a lot in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and it's those orange kind of rounded like half circle shingles that are orange and brown and they just layer over each other um so that's you'll hear terracotta roof and that's what that is um okay but no so uh, my family does secret santa um, we've been doing it for i think yeah like four years now and it's just fun and we usually do or i guess we usually so we do one good gift give or take like 50 dollars or so and then we do one joke gift um and so <laughs> sometimes you'll get something that's great and then you'll get this just stupid ridiculous present that you'll probably end up just throwing away but it, they're always the the nice thing of only getting a present for one person is that it's extremely personalized and you just get to focus on that one person so it, it's it's really fun and i honestly really enjoy it um what would the example of like a joke gift that you would that you get um, at your party so what i'm trying to think of what i did last year um, oh, so last year I had my brother Dakota, and so I got him, I made him this um, shadow box picture frame of all of the generations of Nintendo controllers. Oh, that sounds um, awesome, though. It was, it was really cool. I got this, like, LED strip light that I, like, put on the inside trim so it lit up, and then it, like, did, like, this cool lighting around all the different controllers. I did all the way from the original Nintendo all the way to uh, the Wii. Um, See, that's awesome. I thought you meant like dog vomit or something like no, that. Like, but no, so sorry. So that was, sorry, that was the good gift. I apologize. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten to the okay. bad gift yet. So the bad okay. gift, um, uh, he and I are big fans of a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left. And it's mm -hmm. just a really great true, con uh, true crime and supernatural podcast. And it's just fantastic. But one of the, or I guess the host on there, Ben Kissel, the big joke for him is that and I still don't know if he really likes it or if it's just a joke that he does. But the big joke is that he loves Bud Light Lime. And so for Dakota's joke gift, I got in contact with his girlfriend and she went to the store and bought a six pack of Bud Light Lime and wrapped it up and put it under the tree for him. And it was it was hilarious. It was fantastic. But it's, it's just stuff like that where it's just funny and silly and then, you know, one you know, good gift. Um, it's it, like one year I got for my joke gift that someone gave me because I'm prone to injuring myself. Um, they gave me like this first aid kit. Yeah. So it's Love like, it. it's super funny. It's like, it's great. Um, but yeah, so we've been doing that for like four years, but then I've spent the past two Christmases, uh, with Shelby's family and, uh, they have some traditions of their own. And for those of you who haven't caught on Shelby's my wife. Um, we go up to Kansas, uh, with her family for Christmas and they spend it generally at their, uh, at her grandparents' house, Papa Nini. Um, they live in this 
amazing log cabin house on this big old farm and i love it so much it's just the greatest house on earth um but generally they uh, will do um church services on christmas eve and um, you all get all dressed up in our best and go to service and then we go back to the log cabin house and we have a big like thing of uh, charcuterie just a ton of different meats and crackers and cheeses just so much and we fill this whole table with charcuterie and different cookies and whatnot and then we spend the whole night just kind of hanging out playing games and then we open up presents on christmas eve so that christmas we can spend the whole day just eating and playing board games and hanging out Uh, but my favorite my favorite thing about opening presents on christmas eve is her, her grandfather papa every single christmas he keep he sits in his chair and he keeps a detailed list in his notebook that he's used forever of every gift and who it goes to so that people can, you know, send thank you cards. I don't think oh, a wow. single person has ever sent a thank you card and he keeps <laughs> track. He meticulously keeps track every single year. And I love it so much because it's just such a key like marker of his character as a person. And it's just fantastic. Um, I mean, if I knew that somebody kept a list of, whether or not they got thank you cards, I would send them a thank you card just to be on that list. <laughs> like I want to be on there on the check part, you know, it's, you it's be on the nice list. Yeah. The nice list. But no, it's, it's been, uh, and actually, um, her family, they're all moving down to Texas this year because they're the only, like they're all their entire families in Texas. And they're like, Hey, let's move down. So they're all moving to Texas. I think this summer. So this will be wow. the last Christmas at the log cabin. Um, oh wow! So this one's gonna be, uh, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a bit more emotional, I think. Um, but it'll be, it'll be nice, and hopefully we can still go up there and make it happen. I'm crossing our fingers that COVID doesn't get in the way. Um, but you know, we'll, in the end, we'll do what we can. Um, but so those, that's my, those are my traditions that I do. Uh, Kara, why don't you tell us about yours? Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that, Dale. And it's so fun to like hear about people's little Christmas traditions. Um, I actually went a little bit more like what a lot of us do that celebrate Christmas. I actually looked into the Christmas tree because I grew up in like a Mormon household, um, but we had a lot of like Christmas, you celebrate like a lot of, you know, like Christian symbolism. Um, and I was always taught growing up that the Christmas tree celebrated like the evergreen, which was like, you know, Christ is forever living. And then the point of the tree pointed up to heaven. So I was like, okay, is that true? Or did like someone in my house just make that up? So I looked up about the Christmas tree because I wanted to learn more about it. Um, and so we, I obviously love my Christmas tree every year in my house growing up. It's um, always a real tree and we decorate with only Disney ornaments. Oh uh, my goodness. Like, okay. I don't want to hear it. We're a big Disney house. So it's like, he's very expensive that we've had like years, Mickey and princesses. But anyway, so what I learned about the Christmas tree is that they came from like way back when evergreens were used symbolically in ancient Egypt and Rome. So like way before Christianity, trees um, that remain green all year long were hung over doors and windows to ward off ghosts and illnesses. Um, but then I write, so it was like, it was actually considered very pagan for a long time. So uh, Germany is actually the one that's credited with giving us the Christmas tree uh, that we all know today. So back in the 16th century, Christians in Germany would bring the tree in their home during Christmas 
um, for that same reason, you know, to, to light up their house, but then also because it was an evergreen and it represented all these things. Um, and there's a story that the, you know, very famous Protestant reformer Martin Luther was actually walking home one winter night after a sermon and he saw the stars in the sky and then went home and put them on, a, on his Christmas tree and put lights on there. Um, which I thought was a fun little story. Um, in terms of coming to America, I learned that Christmas trees were brought here in the 1800s by German settlers. Um, and again, it was seen as very pagan. So it was like a big deal. And Oliver Cromwell actually preached against the heathen traditions of Christmas carols, decorated trees. And um, any joyful expression that desecrates the sacred How event. There you have fun right? on Christmas. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, wow, that's it's, depressing. I found so. that, too, looking through some stuff. How, like, even Christmas carols have their roots in paganism. Like, yes. there's so much pagan history involved with the Christmas, origins of Christmas. I, I literally feel like at one point it just became a word. People use like a peg. I don't know what it is, pagan. Like, what what is pagan? <laughs> um, but it's funny because Massachusetts even had a law that made it like a penal offense to hang decorations. And I wrote in my notes, boring. Because <laughs> why is Christmas without like lights and all that? Whatever. Um, but funny enough, what was once considered, you know, a middle finger to God was later embraced by Christians. Um, it's a little like unclear of how this came to be, but for many Christians, the triangle shape of the tree does represent the Trinity. Um, any Christian, you know, people that, that believe in the Trinity. And then the top of the tree points to God. Um, and by like pretty much the 1890s, so many people were bringing over traditions from Europe and from Germany that it just became common practice to have a Christmas tree. And of course, Americans quickly became known for having the tallest Christmas trees in their house. Oh, yeah. They were like, you know what? Not only are we going to embrace this pagan holiday, but we're also going to like out tree you by like three feet in our house. Um, <laughs> Uh, people would, you know, decorate their trees with with apples and nuts and cookies and popcorn. And then when electricity came around, they realized they could put their Christmas lights on. So and then it they became a whole big tradition well, in America. Right? Yeah, that's that's what uh, Martin Luther did when he put his lights on there, which seems like a, a, a fire hazard. So a little bit, uh, not quite. I'm glad we graduated to Christmas somebody, lights. And somebody told me that like it wasn't as bad of a hazard though because they would chop the tree down fresh so they weren't dry and they would only leave them up for like a couple of days or something like it wasn't like mm -hmm. the whole month or whatever like a lot of oh, people do now yeah. oh yeah, we, yeah it's my family we only okay. kept our tree up for because we generally um another tradition we had was we would put our tree up christmas eve and me and my brothers would <clears throat> decorate the tree while watching mike probiglia um who's my favorite comedian um, but we would only leave up our tree for like a handful of days Oh, wow. What? Oh, my gosh. No, we... So, I grew up in Oregon, and we used to go cut down our trees, but it's, like, just my mom and I, so it always end up with, like, one of us yelling and, like, getting the saw out, and it was just like, it's too heavy! And so, now, now we get our Christmas trees from Home Depot, because it's convenient. Uh, but we literally, we literally get them, like, November, like, 27th, and it stays mm -hmm. up until, like, January 5th. But, but, yeah, so I thought that was, like, interesting to learn about a little bit of the history of it. Um, mm -hmm. Do you guys have any, like, fun Christmas tree traditions that y'all do? Curtis? Well, well, I... Uh, so, so, as a kid, we used to go get the tree from the lot, like, like they show in the movies and stuff. Um, but it always used to be kind of a big ordeal, though, because... Um, you know, money was always tight. And so my dad especially would always be like, oh, no, that's too expensive. We keep driving. That's too expensive. I mean, it's just like in 
Christmas Vacation. <laughs> like every time we watch that movie, like we kind of laugh because we remember <laughs> going, you know, doing that thing where he kept driving, driving, driving. Um, we never, I don't think we ever chopped one down, at least not one as I've been alive. But, um, but anyway, so after a while, we, oh, the other thing my dad used to do when we had real trees was, so he believed that there could still be a lot of sap inside of it um and uh and critters and stuff even though it was from a lot <laughs> so we would we would we would bring it home expecting to you know put it in and put it up right away and he would always make us wait like a day or two so he could wash it out with like a hose and he would leave it outside so it would like dry off and then we could bring it in um and so anyway it became such an ordeal that one year um i think it was my grandpa um, got the family a, 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 a artificial tree, and it was right when it would have been somewhere in the '90s, uh, right when artificial trees were finally starting to look like presentable. Like they weren't, you know, made out of like the the metal, you know, tubing and all that stuff that they yeah. always show like from the '70s, '80s. It was actually it, it looked really pretty, um, and and so that's the tree that I would always identify with up until last year when I got. Up until last year, and I got my own, um, my own artificial tree, uh, but it's still like uh, ongoing tradition to get that artificial tree out as early as possible. Try to get it up and and you know going as early as possible, uh, and and you know those things last. Uh, the one that that my grandpa bought in the '90s, my parents still use. I helped decorate oh their tree God. this year. Yeah, um, so you know it's it's. It's going on, uh, so what would it be? Something like 20 to 25 years, um, the same tree. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so even though it was kind of expensive at the time, I think it was a couple hundred or something, you know, like we've definitely gotten the, the, the value out of it <laughs> at this point. Um, and the other thing I like about the artificial ones is that you can you can fold up the branches and stuff and, ma- mm-hmm. and make them like perfect for whatever you, whatever ornament that you're hanging um, true, and, very and it true. still sheds a little bit, but not quite as bad as the ones you get from the lots and stuff. So I don't know. I'm a big believer in artificial trees at this point. Okay. Um, All right. I'll try to tell my mother that I'm going to have <laughs> uh, Shelby hop on real quick because, um, she told me this nightmare scenario the other day about, um, apparently something that happened recently and it's been a TikTok trend about real Christmas trees. Um, oh, no. so here, Shelby, put these uh, headphones on. Hi, Shelby. Shelby, do not ruin this for me. What are you about to tell us? <laughs> oh, hi, best friend, Kara. Um, hi, so, girl. Hello. Uh, first of all, real trees are already the devil because they make you sneezy and swollen and <laughs> terrible, and I hate them. Um, but so uh, there's a TikTok thing going around that. Um, so if you live in the south or anywhere outside of the mountains and trees are grown on these farms, it's been an exceptionally wet and dry and hot or wet and dry, wet and hot year. And so all of these little spiders that typically lay their eggs in um, pine trees are having a booming year. And they are just having babies everywhere. And they lay them. And then we got a cold snap that came through, which kind of halted the whole process until people buy the trees and bring them into their living rooms and set them all up. And they're all cozy and cute and warm. And then they wake up in the morning and it looks like there's spots of mold all over their room. But it's actually baby spiders who have hatched and oh climbed my gosh. out. Oh and my so gosh. there's now people on TikTok being like, yeah, for Christmas, 
I not only bought a real tree, but then I bought an exterminator and now I'm buying a fake tree. So <laughs> oh my gosh. yeah, add that to my growing reasons of why we're not going to have a real tree. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, thanks for that, Shelby. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always grew up with real trees. Um, a big part of that is one, I mean, in Montana, just trees everywhere. Um, but my, you know, my dad's a logger. Um, he's been a logger since he's 18. So he just come home from the job site, few trees in the back of his truck. And it's like, all right, boys, time to set up the Christmas tree. Um, and like, we'd always. That is the best reason I've ever heard of somebody using a real tree. Oh, yeah, like, My dad is a logger. I mean, it's literally unfettered access to Christmas trees. And so, but he would always bring home like three options because we don't know which one's the best. So we would pick one and then we would. Because, you know, there's some gaps, and so you, you want the perfect full tree. And so we would cut some of the branches off the other trees, and then we'd drill holes into the core of the tree, and then fill those, like, empty spaces in the tree with the branches from the other trees. And then we had They're the like perfect a Christmas tree. Yeah, it, it was the best. <laughs> and so, but yeah, we'd always do that, and then we'd watch uh, Mike Birbiglia while we uh, decorated the tree. Um, but yeah, Shelby's Shelby's allergic to pine um, uh, pine trees, so uh, real trees just aren't an option anymore, and that's okay because we have a fun fake tree. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the way you said that, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. It is nice. Like it's and like you said, Curtis. You know, if we take care of it, we'll have it forever. Um, but uh, yeah, Kara, um, Christmas trees are very fun. <laughs> Yes, Curtis, uh, why don't you tell us about your traditions? Oh, we're switching to me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I didn't, I didn't. So I actually just uh, picked my favorite. I mean, we have a lot of traditions, but mm -hmm. uh, but my favorite one that I think is kind of unique is that we actually celebrate on Christmas Eve. Okay. Um, we do almost nothing on Christmas itself. <laughs> um, so that started originally because. Um, my it was uh in in my 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 immediate family meaning my parents and my sister and and then my sister's son um you know and my grandpa and the other guy, the, like we'd all celebrate on christmas eve that would be kind of the more like the close knit family and then um and then the 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 bigger family would do a massive party on christmas day um that we would always go to after that um that was for like something like 20 30 years and for me it was like maybe like 15 years um and, uh, uh, so it was, it was kind of, we kind of just did it out of tradition. We kind of just had or, or convenience, excuse me. Um, because, uh, you know, we wanted to do our own thing and then we would do a, a much bigger thing with, with, you know, 40, 50 people that came from all over the state. <laughs> um, but then after we moved to Montana, um, the family wasn't around as much and, and nor did we go to California uh, to celebrate Christmas. Uh, so we kind of just kept it going. And, uh, and so Christmas Eve is this massive, um, you know, undertaking of that's when we do the big dinner. Usually, um, sometimes we'll do a, a somewhat of a big dinner, like kind of like a lunchtime dinner the next day, if, right. you know, if we're feeling extra energy or something, but, um, but usually the more of the Christmassy vibe, everyone comes over and everyone's hanging out playing games and all that stuff. It all happens on Christmas Eve. Um, and then now that we're not really going to that that main party that happens um, in another state, uh, 
Christmas Day has kind of become just sort of a relaxing thing. We go to the movies a lot of times. Uh, you know, we'll yes. see if there's a new Christmas movie out or something. Uh, we've been seeing. Um, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out on it. Um, uh, gosh, the other one. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> there we oh, go. Oh yeah. Uh, I just watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, so I had that on my mind. But um, but yeah, every year we usually watch It's a Wonderful Life um either on christmas eve or christmas day uh in the theaters if we can um we've done that for about five years now and so that's, that's always cool. really fun uh yeah we do and, that too that's fun we open presents and then go to the movies yeah i mean that's that's, that's awesome fun. to be able to do that yeah um that and that too with the presents um you know we open either all of the presents or like all except for the ones that are coming from santa claus like you mm, know yeah. uh, we will do that on christmas eve um and uh and sometimes we just do them all like and you know maybe it'll only be stockings or something on christmas day mm-hmm. uh so uh so yeah it's uh it's it's it, we've it's really helped because it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit and we we kind of do all the fun stuff up front and then by the time christmas day happens we're just kind of all in a food coma <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it is nice oh, yeah. to kind of sit back and relax and just kind of enjoy the time. Yeah, and Christmas can always be a little bit different too. You know, we kind of we, it kind of changes year after year depending on what's going on that year. Um, so it's a little bit more flexible. Um, a lot of times, you know, the family they might have Christmas Day off, um, but the next day they have to work. You know, so mm, so doing yeah. a big thing on Christmas Day isn't really practical a lot of times. Um, so it gives everyone that true day off on Christmas Day. I love it. And I think a lot of countries, um, in a lot of countries, they celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. That's what I kind of saw my research. So I love that. Yeah, my family never really did yeah. anything for Christmas Eve. Um, it, for us, it was all Christmas Day. Um, we just, like, I mean, generally, you know, we'll watch movies or whatever Christmas Eve. But otherwise, it was always... Just Christmas Day for us. I, I think probably the majority of people do it on, on Christmas Day itself. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think that they start maybe a little bit on Christmas Eve and there's a, like a little bit of that stuff or they come over and they spend the night or something so they can wake up in the morning and open up presents and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, my family has just never been that patient. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we want the presents now so we can play them on Christmas day. That's fair. That is true. <laughs> my nephew likes to, you know, if he gets a video game or something, you know, he wants a Christmas Eve so he can play it all night. <laughs> yeah you gotta stay up okay yeah do you um that's like one thing i'm having to get to used to as well with shelby's family is you know for us growing up is always you have to get you know go to sleep so you can you know wake up like if you go to sleep earlier then you know christmas will get here faster but with shelby's family we're up on christmas eve until like four in the morning and i'm always just like Oh, because one thing with Shelby's family is they're very big about presents. Like that's one of their strongest ways of showing affection is present giving and receiving, I guess, Um, which isn't, you know, really a love language within my family, but it's very big in her family. And so it's always just a mountain of presents underneath the Christmas tree because they've been gathering presents for the past, you know, 11 months. (laughs) So that's definitely something wow. I've had to get used to. But, I mean, it's nice. And I, I've had to uh, 
practice and get better at uh, my reactions to presents because I'm not always the most like the best at showing my happiness. And so showing my excitement yeah. and happiness is something I've had to, uh, so you don't, you don't jump up and down and th- start crying. There's like times I do, but like, I'm like, like, like I don't have to be ecstatic to show. I'm like, like if they give me prison, I'm like, Oh, this is great. Thank you. And then they just kind of look at me sometimes and I'm like, like oh that's my it. God, was that not enough? <laughs> and I'm really bad at it. I'm very bad at it. I feel bad, but I'm just, I'm very not good at it. <laughs> It's a real struggle. <laughs> all right. Uh, do y'all want to move on to the next subject then? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we're going to move on to uh, traditions that we kind of want to start doing. Um, and one thing that I found that I've never heard of before was the Christmas pickle. Have you heard of the Christmas okay. pickle? Either of you? No. I have. Curtis, ha- okay. So the Christmas pickle is absurd, and no one really has a strong idea of where it started, uh, because just no one has a clue. But literally, so the the premise of the Christmas pickle is that it's an ornament that is generally glass, and it's in the shape of a pickle. And it's always, and it's supposed to be the last ornament you put on the tree. And I'm assuming like the parents or the adults put it on or someone puts it on just before the kids uh, wake up in the morning. And the idea is that whoever, like you come out for presents in the morning, Christmas morning, and whoever finds the pickle on the tree either gets like a special gift, a special prize, or they just get to like open their presents first. Um, but so it's, it's kind of, you know, t- if, do you know if, if it actually ever was a pickle, like, did it ever actually start as a literal pickle I, or has it always been like a glass ornament? I do you know? don't think so. So in this, so this website, it's uh whychristmas.com and it's just like explains a ton of Christmas stuff. So <laughs> it says in the 1880s, uh, Woolworth stores, um, started selling glass ornaments imported from Germany. Um, and a lot of the ornaments were in the shapes of fruit and vegetables. So that's kind of their idea of where the pickle came from exactly. Um, but there's a lot I of... Miss Woolworth. <laughs> Woolworth. It's a, it's a great place. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm just old enough to remember a Woolworth when I was like four or five years old. Like the, like the It was like one of the last ones. And it was such a sweet little store. <laughs> it had been open for like 100 years and it closed. Sorry, so I just sad. got really sentimental because I used to go in every Christmas too. Are there any left? I guess no, no. They went. They were. They were in business for about a hundred years, and they went out of business somewhere. I think in like this would have been like nineteen ninety four, something mm, like that. That's sad. Yeah, there there has to be like one left, like the last blockbuster. There's got to be something. <laughs> but right uh, next to it's the last forward. So there's a lot of claim, like a lot of Christmas traditions, actually, that it started in Germany. But there's really no, there's just there's no real foundation as to where this came from. Um, there's another um, idea that um, it started from an American Civil War fighter, um, and it was a Bavarian uh, soldier, and I, I'm not sure who they were fighting for, um, the North or the South. Um, and uh, he was a prisoner and was starving and begged one of the guards for uh, a pickle. And the guard took pity in him, it says, and gave him a pickle. 
um, and the pickle gave him the mental and physical health to survive, I guess. And apparently that led to putting pickles on Christmas trees. I, I don't know where the connection really comes from. I, I love how so many like Christmas traditions are like vaguely from like Germany, but like nobody knows how like anything started. I, know. I think kind of adds to like the mystique of like Christmas I think, traditions. I think this entire thing is a whole conspiracy from the Vlasic company. <laughs> you know, you're probably not far off. Um, so another theory um, is that it's actually linked to St. Nicholas. Um, so it's a, a medieval tale of two Spanish boys traveling home from a boarding school for the holidays. So the story goes that the two boys stopped at an inn one night and it was an evil innkeeper. And the innkeeper ended up uh, killing the boys and uh, oh put, shoving their bodies in a barrel of pickles. <laughs> and oh that, my yeah, oh my, I know. that's such a it, dark it, story. It, it goes along the trends of like so, like the origins of so many fairy tales and carols and stories that are just like yeah. so happy and you know fluffy today are just morbid from the beginning. It's so based on just terrible, yeah, like terribly scary stories like so and like and a lot of them german too where it's like now it's you know these innocent <laughs> stories but before it was like just these morbid things that like oh if you do this your hand's gonna be cut off just to like teach kids not to run with scissors like they're just like crazy stuff the poor um, the poor germans like 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 can't they just have a win like it's always <laughs> like we're like oh well that christmas tradition came from germany they can't be too bad but actually it's a story about somebody getting their hand cut off literally though <laughs> and put in a barrel of pickles it's a really rough time so the night so later that uh, evening after the two spanish boys were killed and stuffed into a barrel of pickles old uh, saint nicholas stopped at the same inn and uh, found the boys in the barrel and miraculously brought them back to life. And uh, amazing! I know. Thank you, Saint Nicholas. Um, and actually, this there's another version of this story where um, Saint Nicholas actually re- rescued the boys uh, from a barrel that was holding meat for uh, pies. So Ooh. once again, no one really knows where the Christmas pickle came from. But there is an American city named Berrien Springs, and it is actually known as the Christmas uh, the Christmas pickle capital of the world. And it, it, I think it ended in the 90s, but they had an annual festival held every December surrounding the Christmas pickle. Um, it's kind of absurd. Um like I really want to do this. The idea, but do you think we should hang like a real dill pickle, or should we stick with a glass no. pickle? Glass pickle makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so there's a, a professor of German studies and comparative literature at the University of Michigan, um, and she basically said, "Yeah, there's just." Nobody in Germany does this, I guess. Um, oh, where were the <laughs> where were the stats? There were stats in here somewhere. Um, yeah, only so YouGov in 2016 did a survey, and among German nationals, they found that only eight percent knew about the Christmas pickle, and only two percent said they actually practiced it. Um, so no one, <laughs> like no one. Okay, knows. Well, my, my cousin-in-law is German, like 
straight from Germany. Yeah, like I'm... half the time we're like, Tom, repeat it. We don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm going to talk to them next week and I'm going to ask Tom about the Christmas pickle and the story of the two people in the, in the barrels. And I'll let you guys know what, um, what he says. If he just starts like crying. It's a story was told as a kid. Apparently there's actually quite the market for glass Christmas pickles though. It's this company called old world Christmas and uh, they sell traditional mouth blown glass ornaments. And I guess the owner of the company prints the origin story of the pickle tradition on every box, whether it's true or not. But uh, a spokesperson for the company said that um, the Christmas pickle has been the best-selling ornament for them for the past 37 years, and they've sold more than 25,000 of them in 2017 alone. Oh, my gosh. 25,000 Christmas pickles. Uh, But apparently, the company founder, Tim Merck, um, he got his... uh, started importing the ornaments um, from Lausch, Germany, um, to the U.S. in the 1980s. Um, and I guess he wrote the company's version of the pickle tradition on the box. But once again, no one really knows the actual origins of the Christmas pickle. Regardless, it's the greatest tradition I've ever heard in my life. And I want to do it. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Um, are, so, you gonna, are you going to try to do it this year? No, I may actually you know, well I, it'd be a matter of if i can find a pickle ornament or if i just have to resort to using a real pickle i just <laughs> i saw i saw a pickle ornament um uh one of the things that i do every year the other tradition i was thinking about talking about was we always go to um one of those christmas stores that like they just sell christmas stuff mm-hmm. um and uh and we always pick out an ornament and we've done that for about 5 years now and the last couple years i've noticed the pickle, the glass mm. pickle there, and 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 I wasn't aware of it until until this year what it, what it was really about. Well, maybe I'll have to go look then. <laughs> uh, so that's my tradition that I'm going to start. Uh, Kara, what are you going to do? Well, um, did you guys know before I launch into my old tradition that Iceland is one of the most literacy engaged countries in the world? I did not know that. That's awesome. I didn't know uh, that. And, well, it's number three. Um, and in fact, one out of 10 Icelanders, I promise this is relevant, okay? Uh, one out of 10 Icelanders will publish a book in their lifetime. Um, oh my God. Yeah, right? So their culture is very deeply rooted in reading and literature. I want to go um, to Iceland. I know. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> be amazing. Um, and actually, I got a lot of this information with an interview with Ursa. Last name says with an S. I don't want to butcher it. She's one of Iceland's most prolific uh, authors. And she talked so much about how Iceland is just like reading to them is so important. So it makes sense for them to have a very similarly themed Christmas tradition called, all right, here, let me try this. It's spelled, there's a bunch of like, you know, the fancy uh, footwork over the letters, but it's spelled like J-O-L-A-B-O-K-A-F-L-O-O. And it's pronounced Yola Yola Flot, uh, which, which if we have any Icelandic listeners, I am so sorry. Um <laughs> That loosely translates into the book flood of Christmas or the Yule book flood. Hmm. Um, so during World War II, foreign imports were very expensive luxury, uh, but paper was really cheap. And since reading was already, you know, held in such high regard in Iceland, it made sense to give each other very thoughtful books. So in Iceland, um, they open up a book on Christmas Eve. They actually open all their presents on Christmas Eve, Curtis, like, like y'all do. 
Um, and for Yola Bakaflat, the tradition goes that you're given a book on Christmas Eve and family members, are you laughing at my pronunciation? Because <laughs> yeah, this so, is what was written it's on so YouTube. Nonchalant. <laughs> Anyway, I looked that up on YouTube, FYI, so I think it's right. Uh, the tradition goes that you're given a book on Christmas Eve and family members spend the evening curled up by the fire in bed and they read the book that they were gifted. Um, and Aww. the tradition is so widely spread in Iceland that every December and Christmas, publishing companies send out a free catalog to each home called Bakatio in the <laughs> so people can pick out their friends and family and they release their books in October, November for this purchase for the purpose. Um so I thought that was such a fun wow. tradition and I yeah, that's amazing. The idea of, you know, getting a new book and apparently like hardcover books have to Yeah, everyone gets a nice hardcover quality book and then oh, wow. you curl up by the Christmas tree and Andrew Buck I I love that. And I was like, teaching. I love the idea of teaching your little kids how important to read and to encourage in such a mm. young age. So I'm totally doing that next year. That's like actually year. amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, it's like a national book club. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, it is. That's so cool. I know. I love that everyone gets this like catalog. Every single house in Iceland gets this catalog to look through new books, which is not really. Are they, uh, it's you... like a national scholastic book fair. <laughs> the amazing thing about like is there, is there a genre does really well, or is it you know only classic books, only you know mysteries, or, or only Christmas stories, or something like that? No, they only said that hardcover um, books sell like crazy. Like, really, it's, like okay. everyone has like soft covered books the rest of the year, but during this yeah. time, it's very like traditional to get a, like an expensive hardcover book. Oh wow! Yeah, super fun. That's funny. I like that a lot. I have like so many books on my uh, yeah, shelf from college um, that I'll never read, and I I need I to know. do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Curtis, why don't we go ahead and jump to yours? I have about ten books that that I need to. I need to have about ten books that I need to get to for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I do read though. Actually, the last couple of years, I've been really proud of myself because I finally turned into a reader. Like, like nice. you know, actual books. Um, I, I got a Kindle that helped. Um, so I could, you know, read when I was on, when I was, you know, on a flight or something like that. Um, and, uh, and, and I really got into like the library scene and like the, mm. and the way you can borrow books and all that from the library, uh, and, and like digitally as well. Um, and so, yeah, so I really, I've really gotten into it. So that's something I would definitely be interested in, in trying. Um, okay. So, Okay. Okay. So I had three things and I did that on purpose just in case this happened because one of them was the pickle thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So, but you knew, but you knew way more about it than I did though. Um, so, okay. So that was, that is one thing I would like to try. Um, but okay. So there's one, so there's the other two things. One thing I actually have already tried just the last few days. So it's something that I, I, I wanted to try and I did try. Um, and that was making gingerbread from scratch. Oh, uh, nice. So I've been really getting into like cookie making, stuff like that. Yeah. And and it wasn't really that hard to make gingerbread. It yeah, came I out I think really I well. saw um, your uh, post we stamped, on we stamped them. Uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, uh, I, we, we stamped them into, into the gingerbread men and they came out like really, really 
like kind of thick though. Um, I think thicker than most um, gingerbread men are supposed to be, but like, it was like, if you had one, it would be like the equivalent of two, probably they were, they were gotcha. super, super thick. Did you not but like was, roll them out really thin good. enough or something? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I mean, I, I, it was only the second time I'd ever tried rolling anything out, like actually using an actual roller. Oh, gotcha. So I didn't quite understand how thin it was supposed to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but still it came out really well though. Uh, it was more like a, like a gingerbread cake maybe just cause it was that it was really thick. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they came out well, but the other one I wanted to talk about, this is something I kind of would like to do, but I think it's because I think I just like how kind of kitschy it is and kind of like, like it's also very practical, mm-hmm. but in order for me to do it, this company would have to put out a, a vegetarian version of what they serve. Okay. Um, so I found out last year that, Japan is absolutely obsessed with eating KFC on Christmas. Yes, yes, that was one of mine. <laughs> um, okay, so I and I love this thing. So basically, the story goes. Let me get to it really quick. Um, so okay, so so uh, so back in so short uh, shortly after KFC first opened in 1970. Uh, Takeshi Okawara, um, the manager of that first KFC, um, needed something to basically, um, you know, boost business uh, during during the winter season because that was going to be their slow season. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that um, in America, people really enjoyed our turkey on like Thanksgiving and on Christmas, but turkey wasn't really a thing in Japan. So he thought, well fried chicken is almost like turkey <laughs> what if we did that and so he promoted it as the sort of like like the thing to do on christmas because uh i think it's like 10 percent or something of um of japanese people are christian uh, so so most people weren't really you know celebrating that part of it but they also kind of wanted to observe this this national or this international um uh, holiday so so he promoted it as the thing to eat and, and to specifically a bucket of chicken for your family and to to eat it and it was this huge hit um and, and every amazing. year since has gotten bigger and bigger um currently um christmas season and every christmas season an estimated 3.6 million japanese families treat themselves to a fried to fried chicken um, from KFC specifically. Oh my God! There's lines that go around the block. Sometimes you have to to order specific items that kind of premium items that they sell um, to order weeks or even months in advance. Um, <laughs> um, this is and, wild. Uh, let's see. Let me skip down here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so okay, so then they they figured out that this was a, a big hit, and so the national chain of KFC in 1974 took the marketing plan, uh, plan national, and they, and so they got it even bigger, uh, like pretty quickly, I guess, um, than the one than the one store had actually done, um, calling it. Uh, let me try to say this: Kuris Yumasu Niwa Kintaki, which uh, which. I'm sure I didn't say that right, but it translates into Kentucky for Christmas uh, in Japanese. Um, 
and and it was so popular that this guy ended up becoming the CEO of Kentucky Fried Chicken for all of Japan from 1984 wow. through 2002. Um, and and the uh, CEO was quoted as saying it filled a void. There was no tradition of Christmas in Japan. And so KFC came in and said, this is what you should do. And now it's expanded to uh, this huge thing. So this year the company is, is, is selling uh, Kentucky Christmas dinner packages that range um, from – uh, 3,700 yen, which is $32 up to a premium, um, of 5,800 yen. I didn't translate that, but, but yeah, but it's, it's, I guess I'm guessing it'd be somewhere around 50 or $60. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, and they also dress up the stores, um, and uh, including the mascot of Colonel Sanders, which looks Japanese in, in Japan. Um, and, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, and it, this article went on to say that um, around 1%, oh, excuse me. So I said 10%. It was only 1% of the population is Christian in okay. Japan. So so since it wasn't an official holiday, people wanted to celebrate, but they also didn't want sort of the burden of an expense of like getting like a full family dinner. So they wanted something just kind of easy and quick. And I love that. So like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think like since we do such a big thing on Christmas Eve, it kind of makes sense to me to do some kind of fast food or if KFC <laughs> starts doing like a faux chicken thing or something, a soy chicken, like, you know, I would totally be into that. You should just like order a bunch of sides and then you can, and then like at home do some like deep fried cauliflower or something. That sounds pretty good like, um, for a while in high, in high school. So I, I've been a, I've been a vegetarian since I was kind of dabbling in, in vegetarianism when I was in high school mm-hmm. and we, we had the, if you had so, like so good grades you were allowed to leave campus for lunch and but you only had like the hour or whatever it was so it had to be somewhere like in walking distance well unless you had a car when i didn't um and so so one of like i don't know maybe seven choices that i had in walking distance was kfc but i was dabbling in vegetarianism so that's when i started to absolutely love like their mac and cheese and stuff like that Mm, like so yeah anyway yeah and they also the other thing i wanted to mention too is they also um uh, i guess cakes are a big part of of uh, the tradition as well so they also include like a bunt cake in in every single one of their like christmas dinner packages i will say kfc's bunt cake is actually pretty good (laughs) it is it's but it probably originally the reason that we have it in the u.s probably is probably because of the tradition of it in japan and that's probably why it's so good no kidding right that is yeah amazing like that's the most incredible thing i've ever heard (laughs) kentucky for christmas kentucky for christmas everybody um it was funny i saw this um um this is super off topic before we transition to the next one but i saw a because i'm stupid internet person i saw tiktok um and it was this guy filming his girlfriend (laughs) and she was japanese i think but she had a french accent but she also spoke japanese but she was speaking english but um it was playing a frank frank sinatra song on the radio but it had a picture of santa claus and she couldn't think of the name santa claus and she was like you know and i guess in japan and france they call him like Christmas father or like Christmas grandpa. And she was like, is that Christmas daddy? And so from now on, Santa <laughs> Claus is Christmas daddy. Um, <laughs> for everyone wow. listening, it is, it is now Christmas daddy climbing down your chimney. 
Um, there, so- <laughs> there, I guarantee you somewhere in America, there is a 50 plus year old, probably bald man that goes by Christmas daddy every year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there has to oh. be. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the final segment of today's episode. And we're going to talk about some, uh, just kind of other cool traditions that are outside of kind of general Christian traditions and whatnot. Um, so one that I found that actually I thought was really cool is called Yaldanite. Have y'all ever heard of that? Mm-mm. So Yaldanite, no. let me see here. So it is, uh, something that's celebrated. Um, uh, it's a celebration of the winter solstice as so many of these other traditions are. Um, and it's actually founded in, um, the area that I guess now is known as, um, Iran, Iran. And basically, um, so it's celebrated generally on, I think it's like December 20th, 21st, and it's the um, longest night of the year. And um, so it's nowadays, it's this big festival that's celebrated in Iran and um, some other Middle Eastern countries as well, like Uzbekistan and um, Turkmenistan and Afghanistan and um, other places. But Basically, it's celebrating the rising of the sun and the victory of light over the darkness. And it's believed that, and this was actually, um, I guess, founded um, when the majority of Persians followed, and it's, oh, here we go, Zoroastrianism, Zoroastrianism, um, which was actually before the advent of Islam. And it was believed that in the longest night of the year, um, the night of winter solstice, the basically the devil kind of rose, came to power. The darkness took over this night. And so um, families and friends would get together and they would stay up all night to um, prevent any ill will happening to them in their sleep. So, you know, they were together. They could ward off this darkness. They could basically keep themselves safe. And they would spend the whole night sharing stories, talking about myths, and a big part of it, too, is eating the last fruits from the summer harvest. And two that are very crucial are watermelon and pomegranates, actually. And that is because their color represents, like, the rising of the sun, The uh, represents the light, um, very symbolic of light. Um, and so everybody just stays up all night eating fruits and nuts and just sharing stories and talking about just, you know, ancient myths and all this stuff. And then the next day when light rises and it's actually, um, so it's the birth of Mithra, the goddess of light. And, uh, after, um, the light, um, does rise, the next day belongs to, um, what they called their Lord of Wisdom, which is Ahura Mazda. And the day after is when they spend the whole day just celebrating. It's this big festival that happens. Um, That's so fun. Yeah, it, I really, it, like, it was just very, very cool. Um, you know, I, I feel like so many traditions like that coming from the Middle East, like, so much of that region in the world is kind of stereotyped. And t- to yeah. hear a tradition like this, like it's something that honestly Westerners just don't hear. And it's, it was, it was really cool to learn about it and hear about it and like, look at these traditions that they still follow to this day. Um, But yeah, so that's uh, 
um, Yaldanite, um, s- celebrated uh, mostly in Iran. Uh, but Kara, what uh, what traditions did you find? Yeah, so I totally had the KFC one for this. So I was just like, <laughs> this is amazing. I think one of my notes was like, on their marketing campaign, they were like, hey, fill that Christmas-sized hole with fried chicken. But anyway, um, I did another one that, uh, so we're going to go to Venezuela for this one. Um, So, all right. So much like South America, Venezuela is very heavily Catholic. It's like, uh, you know, 88% is Christian of that, Mm -hmm. upwards of 70% of the population are practicing Catholics. Um, So that means that most people attend mass. Um, so in Venezuela, Christmas actually begins on December 16th is when mass, you know, starts and it goes all the way up until December 24th, very early in the morning, um, because that's when Venezuelans celebrate Noche Buena, which is more important than Christmas to many of them. Um, so in the capital of Venezuela and in, in a lot of the other large cities and even smaller cities, they shut down the main roads. Can you guys guess why? I'm assuming it's some big parade. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, they shut down the roads because everyone straps on roller skates and skates to mass. Literally, <laughs> the entire city rolls down to mass. It gets better. Children <laughs> take a string and they tie it to their big toe before they go to bed at night and they throw it out the window. And so when people are skating by in the very wee hours of the morning, we're talking like mass is like at 5 a.m. They tug on the string to let the children know it's time to wake up, put on their skates and go to mass. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, I thought that was so fun. And so, of <laughs> course, like so many of these traditions, nobody is quite sure where it originated, but Venezuela is considered such a melting pot of traditions from like Brazil mm-hmm. and Guyana and Colombia. So, people think it was like somehow roller plays arrived from there. Um, there was actually a report, I read an article in the Caracas, Caracas Chronicles. Um, and one of the commenters shared his memories of Christmas skating, and he said, um, every year, Father Casanova, yes, his real name, and no, he didn't look the part, would get on his high holy horse and make us out to be the worst of the worst for roller skating to mass. We would take shoes along for the ride and take them off once inside, but we always made certain to skate down the aisle first just to rile up the priest. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And um so, you know, it's, it's so early in the morning. So after mass, everyone roller skates down to like the city center or their neighborhoods and everyone enjoys like coffee and cookies and food. And then on the 24th, um, they have celebrations all night long to celebrate baby Jesus and the special Christmas night. And then um, talk about rolling into the Christmas season. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. That reminds me of that. Reminds me of that quote. I think it's from Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, where he says, "If the good Lord intended us to walk, he wouldn't have invented roller skates." <laughs> God, that's perfect. I just the, the vision that I have, um, and I saw a couple of videos on YouTube, and they were so fun of just this entire village on roller, and everyone's got like some people have coffee in their hands, some people have got cookies, people are tugging the strings from like the little kids' toes. I mean, they're literally you're woken up with a string tugging your big toe and then it's just like a giant soul train because people keep joining from like every side with their roller skates. They all roll into church and then after they roll out, I thought it is such a fun idea. I love it. I feel like the way can hurt. you put a, a a music cue right here with uh with, with soul train music? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Are you? Are either of you good at roller skating, rollerblading? Um, it's actually one of my that and ice skating is one of my hidden talents. One of your hidden talents. Okay. I'm not, I'm, 
I'm not at I, all. So. I used to, back when I was on the dating scene, I used to always like take boys roller or ice skating on December just so I could like be like, oh, oh gosh, let's go ice skating. And then like whip out some tricks and be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't do this very often. <laughs> With your like boys. diamond encrusted <laughs> skates. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, turning in circles and they've like holding onto the walls they're like do you do this often i'm like no like i don't know like how i just like pick this up just now <laughs> be like I, can't, I don't understand you and i have been doing this for exactly the same amount of time and I, you don't seem to have gotten it just pull your arms in and spin every time you take my lesson for two years gosh dang anyway curtis what did you stumble upon Okay, so I, I have two things. Um, one is a tradition, a non-Christian tradition that I would actually like to do. And the other one is just kind of an interesting story. Uh, so let me start with the interesting story since since uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to mention this, but it kind of goes with um, what we were talking about earlier. So in the Ukraine, um, Christmas trees are often covered in spider webs, mm. apparently. Um, and folklore tells the story of a poor family who grew a Christmas tree from a pine cone. Uh, the children were excited about decorating their own Christmas tree, but the family was poor and they weren't able to decorate it for the holiday. When they woke up Christmas morning, they found spiders had spun webs around the tree's branches that looked like decorations. Oh. So unlike those... those um, those you know boring people in the south that apparently woke up with spiders in their tree and were horrified (laughs) these people took it as a sign of christmas spirit from the spiders (laughs) and now ukrainians dress up their trees with spider webs to welcome good luck into the coming year Oh no! So I that was like Shelby. Fake, when you get fake, a chance, fake spider webs, right? Yeah, fake. Like just, I think okay. fake ones. It didn't actually specify I was gonna that. Say, do they like train Christmas spiders? <laughs> yeah, they have webs? a I don't know. a spider web harvest. <laughs> Charlotte web, web Christmas people. edition. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the story. That's fun. The other one is very similar to what Dalen was talking about, but it's in a different place. Um, This one is Diwali. Um, It's a festival that's celebrated in India, mostly by Hindus. I'm going to say it wrong, I'm sure. Jains and Sikhs. Um, And it's it's similar in the in what you were talking about in the way that it's is it's a festival of lights that supposedly is casting out darkness with the goodness of light. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend of mine that lives in uh, India sent me uh, a, a happy Diwali message uh, this year, and I had to actually look it up because I had never heard of it. <laughs> and uh, and and the message it was followed by a video of them lighting off um, fireworks. In a very dangerous way, it seemed like, but (laughs) um, I'm not sure if it was actually a video from him or if it was just like, you know, gotten from the internet or whatever. But either way, uh, the video was um, of of all these Indian people in an alleyway and they were and were lighting off fireworks and it was like heading right toward the camera and people were like ducking out of the way and then and then like and then joyously uh, laughing after they they avoided getting hit by the fireworks. <laughs> um, so anyway, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, the main of so it's a five day event. The main event uh, happens on the third day, and this is what one part I thought was really cool. Um, that I, I if I understood it right, the third day is it changes the changes dates every year, and that the third day is specifically chosen to be um, 
I think it's when the moon phase is in its darkest part. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's it's like the darkest moon of the, like the darkest part of the year, like the solstice. Yeah. Um, and and so it signifies like the darkest the earth will be, and then you light it up with with goodness and light and food and fun and you know goodness prevails. That's so it's cool. similar to what what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love that. I would totally be into doing that. It's celebrated. Um, this year was celebrated November 14th. Um, and I believe that was the first day and went for five days. And, uh, and, and so it's always somewhere, I think in November and somewhere probably before or right at, uh, where Thanksgiving is. So yeah, so I'd be totally down to go to India, celebrate that, come back for Thanksgiving and then, uh, you know, do the usual uh, Christmas celebrations. That's so cool for for those of you no listening fun. who are looking for something new, who have maybe run out of a tradition. Who knows? There's so much out there that you can take up, that you can do, that you can make work for you. That's just so cool and so fun and so celebratory. I mean, the entire country of Japan took in KFC, and they've <laughs> yeah. been doing it for the past. <laughs> 40 years like it's the most incredible thing <laughs> like there's just so much out there really quick can we like i like i don't want to turn this into a negative discussion all but really quick mm-hmm. like can we talk about this whole thing of like like this movement of 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 the need to put christ back in christmas and this idea of like getting mad at people who the say happy holidays <laughs> happy holidays or or you know or something like that instead of instead of literally merry christmas mm-hmm. do you guys have any opinions on that yeah so i was actually looking at it um the other day the whole war on christmas which started the the phrase the war on christmas started in uh 2000 um by i can't remember who some politician or whatever um, and Trump actually kind of reiterated it in October, um, saying that, you know, Biden's going to take away Christmas. He's going to blah, blah, blah. And my my whole thing, and I saw um, someone who, like, had a great example of, like, why it's relevant. So, like, someone, um, you know, they're like, you know, what if someone says, you know, Merry Christmas to you? And I'm like, say, well, Merry Christmas. And what if someone says Happy Hanukkah to you? And I'm going to say, well... Happy Hanukkah to you back. Like everyone can celebrate their own thing. And just because someone says something to you that like, isn't yours, like just like everyone's celebrating. And I'm like, no one's saying you can't say Merry Christmas. It's just saying, Hey, recognize that there are other things that people are celebrating. And like it, I know disenfranchisement's not the correct word. Cause it's not what it means, but it's, in a sense, like disenfranchising these other celebrations by saying that Christmas is the only one that matters. And like to say happy holidays, it's just like, hey, you know, happy celebrating whatever it is you want to celebrate. And if you want to say Merry Christmas to somebody, then you better be, you know, willing to accept them to say, you know, happy Yalda night or whatever, you know. For sure. I remember that being a big issue in my house growing up because, you know, obviously we were religious. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember when they changed Christmas break to winter break in school. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was just like an uproar. People were like, you don't get a break for winter. Like, even though we get a spring break and a summer break, but okay. Like, we're not, this isn't a break for winter. It's a break for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but it, I always, I also, the more I researched these holidays, I found it very funny because um, 
like we talked about at the beginning of the episode and I talked about the Christmas tree stuff. They Massachusetts made it illegal to hang up Christmas lights and things like that. And now it's such a big part of American tradition. So imagine if we had like cast aside those things that we said were pagan, like we wouldn't have the Christmas trees. We wouldn't have lights. We wouldn't have the things that so many of us love, especially so many of us non-religious folks love about the holidays. Um, so I just always find it a little ironic that we're so angry to say happy holidays. And yet uh, had we, you know, chastised every Christmas tradition from years ago, we would all just be sitting in our house really bored with no pretty mm-hmm. Christmas lights or anything like that. It's true. Yeah. So, okay. So I remember the same thing when, uh, when the school started saying like winter break and stuff like that versus Christmas break. I remember somebody complaining about it back then as well. Um, but the thing that actually stood out to me more when I really started thinking about this about five years ago, I had a job working as an elf um, oh, <laughs> I remember um, that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was for this, um, the, the, the city was putting on um, this, I mean, it, kind of like a holiday celebration. They had Santa Claus and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, definitely was in Christian tradition mostly, but at the same time, it wasn't really like, I don't know, there wasn't like the, you know, Jesus wasn't walking around or something like that. Um, you know, so, so it was kind of general Christmas tradition. And uh, the family that run that ran it, and and I still know now they're re- they're a really really nice family. They're extremely religious, um, but they're an awesome family. They're actually one of my favorite families that I've worked with. But there, but I was working one night, and uh, and I and I happened to I, I don't even remember. I think I overheard or something that that the customers that were coming through this this uh, like this kind of maze, this elf maze that I was working at um, were Jewish. So in their case, when they came out, I said, happy holidays, because I knew they weren't, you know, in, into the Christmas thing. They were just there because they were on vacation or whatever, or maybe they were with somebody that was or something. I don't know. And one of the family members was there and she said, no, you say Christmas. <laughs> you say Christmas. Don't say that happy holiday crap. And I remember thinking, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, like, like, why does it, you know, why does it take down your tradition to, you know, to make it more inclusive of others? And in this case, I specifically knew that they were not Christian, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah just it, it, it made me quite kind of sad because because I'm a I'm really sentimental about a lot of Christmas Christmas traditions, even though I'm actually not religious in the least. Um, but I, I just like, I like Santa Claus. I like the winter thing. I like the family parts. And, uh, and so, so, you know, this whole like movement where people are like putting Christ in all capitals and, mm-hmm. and then they'll put, you know, Merry Christmas, basically things like that. Like, it's such a, like an anti-Christian thing to do, yeah. <laughs> of, right. like, you know, being accepting and being, you know, you know, whatever, you know, just hopeful and just, you know, just being the innocent, you know, that, that is supposed to be of Christianity, you know, I, I feel like it just t- kind of takes the, the air out of it. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't, I don't care if somebody says Xmas yeah. or if somebody says Christmas or holidays or whatever, it's, it's all good. Just, you know, you got to remember that just because you're a majority in this country doesn't mean that you're all that there is, you know, it's, I mean, it's true that there are less Christians than there used to be, um, people who you know regularly go to church and things like that. I think I read it was 69% of Americans are Christians at this point, down mm-hmm. from like I think it was like 85 or 90% wow. like yeah. 100 years ago or something. You know, so yeah, it, you are less, but at the same time, like you're still a majority. 
you know, it's still the main game in town. Like you really mm-hmm. have nothing to worry about if somebody, you know, wants to celebrate something else. Also, it is the holidays. Like Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's. Like, right. it, oh gosh, it's, it's such an easy thing that you can do while and and making. I think that spreads the holiday spirit, making everyone feel mm-hmm. inclusive. It's it's a it's a fun word to say. Happy holidays. Hello. It, it's um. What do you call that when there's two letters? Oh, it's an alliteration that goes way better than Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Happy holidays. I sure. s- I saw a video recently that kind of. I don't, it spoke a lot to me and far be it for me to speak for a native American person, but um, it was this native man and he was basically responding to someone who's saying, you know, how can you celebrate Thanksgiving after, you know, a, a holiday that's centered around taking your land and, you know, killing off your people. And he's like, like, why do I have to be pinned as the angry native American person? I just want to eat food and have a good time with my family. <laughs> You know, and I, I, th- I think. And what's more American than that? I know. And exactly. I, I, I think his point stands that it's important to recognize that everyone celebrates differently. You know, some people do celebrate the birth of Christ for Christmas. Um, like my friend Katie, um, she, you know, I don't, I guess, know a ton about her religious background. I know she's Christian, but her family, um, one of her traditions is every Christmas they have a Jesus cake. And it is a cake of Jesus because it's Jesus's birthday, so they have to have a birthday cake for Jesus. Um, and it's the greatest thing. It's it's so a funny. lot of candles you have to have though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she loves it, but you know, I, I guess for me, like to to want to take that away from people who just want to celebrate, have something to be happy about, have something to be joyous and together about. Christmas doesn't always have to be about religion. Christmas can be just about celebrating and being together and giving each other gifts and eating good food and just being with those you love and to have to. Well, you said it great too. Yeah. You said it great too. Like when, you know, you said that, you know, if somebody, somebody says, you know, you know, happy holidays, you'll say happy holidays back. Somebody says Merry Christmas, say Merry Christmas back. When my friend said, you know, uh, happy Diwali, like I said, happy Diwali back. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you could so, say happy Diwali and, and happy and Merry Christmas. And I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, Merry Christmas to you. You know? Yeah. Like it's just, just be happy, be joyous. If, if you want it to be a religious thing, it can be a religious thing for you. You know, like it, it's okay. Like, yeah. The cool part about America, and I actually want to do a show on this at some point about religion, is so in America, you your, your religious rights are protected. And that's awesome. I mean, there are actually a lot of countries that even now that don't protect mm-hmm. your religious liberties. Um, but it also protects your rights against religion as well, of not having to have a religion and not having to be of one religion. Um, and that's something that gets forgotten a lot uh, when people are talking about religious liberty, you know, like, so recently there was, so the new um, Supreme court justice, um, what's her name? Amy. Amy Klobuchar. No, the, no, the, not no, Amy Klobuchar. No, oh my God. Um, Amy Comey no, Barrett. Um, Amy, yes. Amy thank, you. Barrett, yeah. thank you. Um, you know, so she's, she's had a couple of uh, conservative, um, had a couple of cases that she, push towards the conservative way. Mm-hmm. One of them was um, the, the they struck down New York's um, law preventing people from um, 
going to to celebrate uh, or excuse me to go to church basically to to um, to worship. New York had put a COVID restriction on it. They took it to the Supreme Court. Last time they, they it got taken to the Supreme Court, um, RGB uh, was the deciding factor that let it keep going, and it was a big contentious thing. Mm-hmm. This time, because she's on there, they struck it down as yeah. unconstitutional. And even though I think it's stupid to be in that big of a crowd when a pandemic's happening, I also agree with it, though. Uh, I, it's I a, do. You know, that is your right in, in America. Your religion is protected. And at the same time, if I stand up for your religion, you better stand up for my non-religion. And because mm-hmm. that is just as important, if not more important, of a part of that. Mm. There's, there's another argument that um, I kind of came up with for the whole war on Christmas thing, because so Christmas is an, it's a national holiday, right? And by declaring it an official Christian Christmas, you know, Christian holiday, that therefore implies that Christianity is a national religion. And you, yeah. you, just, you just, you have to keep that separate because you, you can't imply that this is only Christian and it's a national thing. And for the government to sanction a national holiday, that therefore implies that Christianity is the religion of the nation. And that's that just the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> right. And that just, I that, mean, it's unconstitutional. There is some argument that the founding fathers and all that were definitely of a Christian background. They definitely, you know, they put words like in God's we trust and things like that, you know, and different things. But like, I don't know. But at the same time, they put protections against, you know, against the the fusing of church and state. Um, so it's it and is. They, they also thought Christmas trees were evil. So <laughs> pagan. So so times do change for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, if anyone out there is, you know. You, you know, you just think that that Christmas has gone to hell in a handbasket and you, uh, you know, and, and you feel the need to to yell Christ every time uh, Christmas, the word Christmas is used. Christ or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I just say, you know, you should let it go. Enjoy your religion and and let everyone enjoy it in their way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Um, I think that will do it for today's holiday edition. Um, if y'all want to get a hold of us, uh, you can shoot us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on the Facebook machines, also on Instagram where I don't post anything. Um, Kara <laughs> and Curtis, um, do y'all have anything you want to plug for today's episode? Happy holidays. Yeah, I think it's just as simple as that. Happy holidays to everyone. All right, everybody, go enjoy whatever it is you're celebrating and have a good time with those you love. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Social Discord, part of the Podcast Without Borders Network. You can get a hold of us by sending us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at podcastwithoutborders.com. Thanks for listening.